welcome back to the MM Cast. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here from Strixhaven with my co-host and co-student or professor. Are we professors or student? Ben Bateman. Speak for yourself, man. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I don't know if I'm a student or a professor, but uh, I like your jacket. Thank I commented you. on your jacket this morning on our sales call, and I didn't even know it was a jacket you had for magic purposes. Yeah. I just was like, wow, Alex got mad style. I got the red jacket. I got my red pants on. I got my red jacket on. Uh, I'm here to adventure in uh, the College of Lorehold, the red-white faction for this set. Do you know which faction you're in? Are you or Which college you're, you're going to be attending? Um, I believe I am... Uh, what the hell are they called? The cool, the one you'd expect I was. Silver Quill is the black-white one. Silver Quill. That, that's the one I am. Silver Quill. So, so you have Silver Quill vibes. You're well-dressed. You wear a suit. You got slicked back hair. But you're a musician movie nerd, which makes me... And it's blue-red. So I feel like you might be Prismari. Did you do theater in high school? Nah, well, a little you were, bit. But you're like an actor. You've acted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like moved to LA. That's how we met each other. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, and you are you are touring this summer, possibly. With, I am. And you're releasing a music thing. I feel like you're Prismari. It's also blue-red, which as far as magic card color combos. Definitely me. I'm definitely blue-red. Yeah. I feel like, as much as you like a suit, I feel like you're Prismari. I may be involved in some sort of a cosplay silver quill thing coming up here for a company that is related to magic. I can't be too specific because I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it, but I'm doing a thing where I'll be dressing up in silver quill. Mm. So that's the thing that's happening. I, I may I may also be doing that thing. So we are today previewing a preview card. We have a preview card to preview. I've been searching the libraries of Lorehold, going through roles and tablets and books, and I've found this here, this here preview card given to us by the kind people at Wizards of the Coast, a different plane, a different school, a competing one. And I'm, I'm excited to show it to you all, though. Uh, when we received this card through many, many, many searches through all of the lore of this plane, I was, I was excited. It's pretty good. I got, little, got little ringlets on it. Okay, okay. You excited? I mean, eventually, Marshall I'm will very excited. All right, let's see. Let's see what shows up. So our preview card is Leon and Lightscribe. It's one in a white. Creature cat cleric and it has the ability magecraft uh whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell uh creatures you control get plus one plus one until end of turn it's a two two it's a two two you can see it there in the scroll so this um this little here cat and hopefully marshall is now edited onto the screen uh after that showing of a classic alex kessler reading reading a scroll and shooting a laser this here buddy of ours is really dope. I think it's modern playable. I think it's really cool. I think Magecraft is a really cool mechanic. I'm excited to see what else we get from this set. Uh, we're recording this about a week ahead of when this is going to be released. So right now at this point, we'll talk about in a second, we've only seen Liliana and Kazmina plus the five different commands for the set. So which, which we will be talking about on this show, of course. But yes, things will be definitely spoiled between now and the time you see this episode. We'll so do, We'll do a fun know, moment cool. where we argue over our predictions for the set and uh, you'll get to comment how wrong we were. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or but right how right we were. We get to uh, preview Spellcat. I want to call it Spellcat. That feels... It's Leon and, and Lightscribe. They are they are actually from the Silver Quills, uh, according to the little write-up from the art depicted. So they are the Silver Quills. They do have Magecraft. We know that there is a new Evergreen mechanic 
We don't know what it's called yet. And we know that there are factions. And classically, when they've been factions, those factions have mechanics associated with them. And we also know that Magecraft, currently, we've seen it only on a black card and a white card. Now, it feels weird that a school about wizards that you go to has an ability called Magecraft that would only be in Silver Quill. And I believe in, in the little email we got uh, kind of explaining this card is this isn't watermarked with the faction which means that Magecraft likely isn't associated only with Silver Quill. So if you go to old sets like, and this is stuff that the world knows already because you're all in the future. Um, but if you go to like uh, any of the Ravnica sets, if, if a card had the word Evolve on it, it was a Simic card, regardless of if it was gold or not. So to it me, had, this means yeah, that, had that watermark or, or not, not, not yet a guild symbol. That's what it was called. But what's cool, it, it's kind of fixed prowess, right? Like that's one of the reasons I think it could be the Evergreen mechanic is like prowess was evergreen for a while and then they kind of removed it from evergreen status because it was too limited it was too specific the fact that like this creature gets plus one plus one whenever you cast an instance or sorcery card there wasn't that much design space for it where magecraft can be anything it could be anytime you cast an instant sorcery or copy a spell target player mills a card it could just be prowess it could be all like this one all creatures get plus one plus one so i think there's a lot of really cool things that this card can be i think if that is the evergreen mechanic which it does feel like a mechanic they could easily make evergreen um as it is something that we have seen prowess being something that we're talking about now you know prowess has shown up in at least three colors i mean i know definitely white red and blue uh has prowess ever shown up on a black or a green card doesn't probably i'm sure mixed color but like a mono green or a mono black card doesn't come to mind. I feel like it has. It's a Jeskai thing. It feels like a well, Jeskai from thing. the Jeskai tribe, right? So yeah. it originally was from Jeskai. Oh, it was only on those three colors. It was never on black nor green. Yeah, it makes sense. So, but it is the kind of thing where I could see if, if Prowess wants to stay as a Jeskai mechanic, then because because Magecraft is just whenever you copy or cast an instant or sorcery, a thing happens, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a non-creature spell plus one plus one. That is specifically prowess, which is like your thing's growing because you cast spells. If this is just sort of a random trigger that refers to instants and sorceries, that doesn't seem like something that would be in green, I guess. But at the same time, for new players, it's a it's a fun and easy thing to pay attention to. Like it's something that over the years as a magic player, you get pretty used to cards like that. And something they did with Eldraine, right, was they established that each color has its own established primary mage, right? There's Druid, Shaman, Wizard, Warlock, and Cleric. So I think Magecraft could, be, and this is something we know now. So, so let's, let's get beyond. Let's talk about, uh, does this card see modern play? And I think giving plus one, plus one to all creatures, like one thing I like immediately thought of was just Lingering Souls with this card, right? Or like this and Young Pyromancer as your two, two drops, and then just a bunch of good removal spells seems really dope. Yeah, so on our card here, what happens when you when you Magecraft on this one? Plus one, plus one to all creatures you control. Okay, so that's perfect with the young Pyro creature. Right. That does feel so much more... Like, Monastery Mentor has always been a problem as a card, as cool as it is, because it costs three, so it doesn't scale as well, right? Like, you don't really want to play that card mm -hmm. as the three drop, because if you play young Pyro on turn two, and then you play your Monastery Mentor on turn three, you really want to be able to cast a spell. So it's like, if you have two of these things... And you cast Young Pyro on turn two. And maybe you have a free spell. Maybe you have a, I don't know, like a gut shot. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's a better one. But yeah, sure. Let's see you have a gut shot. And, you know, you get your creature out of it. So then the next turn, you can play your spell cat 
And you can also have mana open for a spell to then plus up your, your thing and make another one. It, it scales I mean, better to have two even, two drops. Even in less like Perfect Neverland, just saying on turn two, I play, uh, what's it called? On turn three, I play this plus Fatal Push, my opponent's creature that's blocking. I get a token. My young Pyromancer gets him for three. On turn four, I now bolt them slash do another, like, you know, do another spell that, you know, does something. Thought sees them, bolt them. And now... I get two tokens. The first token is now a two, three. The young pyromancer is now a four, three. And this is now a four, four. And they all swing in. And I do four, eight, nine, 10, 11 damage plus this. So at, at that point, on, on turn four, I've done 16 damage, right? And that's just it, with what well, brings. That's not magic Christmas land. That's playing two drew drops and two one drop spells. <laughs> it, it brings a lot of velocity that's reminiscent, I think, of some of the stuff you would see in the old Phoenix decks back before the banning of Faithless Looting happened, where you're essentially jimmying together spells so that you can get three extra power with haste and sometimes as much as six extra power with haste which that's often i mean back in the old modern days you could sometimes get six power on turn two that right. did happen sometimes but like you know often you'd be building up the turn three turn four to have your big turn and that's kind of what this is doing with what we're just talking about the scaling of like two drop into two drop on turn three with free spells and one drops means that you can easily have two or three tokens and then you can go for a big turn on turn four and attack for like an extra, you know, like if you have three creatures and you're playing three spells, you're getting an extra nine points of damage based entirely off of this right. combination of two cards, which I think is pretty, pretty bonkers, pretty, pretty great. And even like turn one Thoughtseize, turn two Young Pyromancer, turn three this Young Pyromancer or this Thoughtseize, do what I said. Turn four, Lingering Souls. Sorry, oh turn, turn, lingering turn souls? four, Lingering Souls. <laughs> you get two tokens. You get another token from Young Pyromancer. You swing for a bunch of damage. And then on the next turn, you flash back Lingering Souls. Like, that's a lot of card advantage <laughs> for not doing a lot of work. And you can even be sillier where you, you um, what's the red? Taggle is what the, what the one red spell is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. something merchant. Maybe you haggle. In discarding lingering souls and then play lingering souls on turn four and you now have a you have a big army this like really really like benefits it kind of brings back those modern pyromancer decks which i think is really cool uh it makes it go wide yeah. it makes it a little bit better too because it's not as weak to graveyard hate yeah i think this card's sweet i'm a really big fan plus it has like weird other adjacent stuff it's a cat so like cat tribal is a thing like yeah. more and more cat tribal cards are being printed and this is a like a pretty important piece to make those deck work as a lord yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is dope. This like is totally playable in modern and might be like playable in most formats. It's a very good lord. You know what other card would be like really sweet in the Mardu version of this deck, I think? The black two drop from standard this last year. Uh sacrifice two creatures when you tap it. Black black sack oh. a creature. Pri uh, Priest of the Forgotten Gods. Yes. That card. That card alongside the like lingering souls package with young pyro on this sounds real sweet. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. like you'd play two of those in this deck easy and like they would just be your value pound to go. So so if you going wide didn't work necessarily, you could just outvalue them. Yeah, I mean, major like I don't know if listeners now remember this, but when Arkley Phoenix was printed, I was super hyped on it because Vengevine was a playable modern card. Never tier one. That's not true. Often not tier one, but playable modern card. And Arkley Phoenix is a card that has all of the words that Vengevine has on it except that it makes you play with good cards versus bad cards. <laughs> there are not many good self-mill creatures. There are, there are now more, but at, for a long time, there were none. There are, like, Hedron Crab being the best of them, and there are a ton of great discard effects and spells you want to play. This has that same issue where it's like, there are just a ton of good spells. Like, this just in, like, a deck that 
has young pyromancer in this and generically good thought seizes and lightning bolts can deal 16 damage on turn four <laughs> while they were thought seizing their opponent through that experience. Like that's often going to win you the game. This card's sweet. I'm super hyped. And I was really glad that as, as a lore hold student, I was able to jump into the discovery of going through our ancient libraries to find this fellow student also lost in a scroll magically put into one. I'm glad we were able to to preview it. Thank you. Thank you, Wizards of the Coast, for sending me the clues to find him in our ancient tombs on campus. Ben's like, there's so much flavor here. I can't hand it. I may be giving him hives. <laughs> I was having a scratch. Yeah, my flavor, my flavor itch just now. It went off on my back. So anything else on, on this preview card before we get to the next part of the conversation I want to jump into? No, I think it's really sweet. I think uh once again we were we were given something awesome by Wizards and we're super super thankful for it like you just said. I'm just stoked. I'm just super duper stoked about uh this set. I think it's going to be really fun. Before before we continue, uh make sure to like and subscribe, hit that like button cuz that's how I'm able to get the energy to find cards like this and and like to put on outfits. It's hot in here and I'm wearing a full leather jacket with red pants so that you guys can't see me bleed and your likes and subscribing <laughs> uh, help us help us accomplish these tasks. Uh, also, we do uh, content like this. If you're new here every uh, day, we'll probably have new videos. There's a bunch of new videos about uh, this set coming up this week. Plus, uh, we have the commander stream we do every Monday night, 7.30 p.m. Uh, that is also live here, that lives here. So we release a commander video every night on Monday night and we stream it live ahead of that. So definitely check that out. Twitch.tv slash Kess Wiley. Now we're going to talk about the commands. Some of your favorite cards of all time, I believe, are commands. I think that is very true. I think commands are one of the coolest things, probably one of the coolest things that Wizards has ever introduced. I think that the idea that you have a reasonably costed thing at instant speed that gets to do two things, you think about the variables in Magic and all the ones you're trying to contend with at one time when you play a game. And usually, you know, if you go one for one with a card, that's fine. Or if you kind of go wider, like a Wrath or something that you know affects all players, that's... But when you have modal cards that allow you to do two things, charms are already fun. Right. Charms are already fun, but they always feel like you're paying a little too much for what you're getting, which makes sense because you have their modal. But commands, they actually feel like because of the two color thing and because that's just what they want them to do at their best, they're absolutely worth the mana and they're better. Like they can swing a game. How many games have you seen cryptic command swing? I mean, that's like one of the swingiest cards in the history of magic, right? It really it unswings, right? It prevents them from swinging. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But like that card, and then and not every command is good, obviously. There's there's quite a few bad ones. What, are, what do you think of the worst three commands? Not bar, so barring these guys. We'll, we'll get to these in a minute. Uh, blue black is probably my... That's probably the worst, the right? The worst. Because of the original five, all five of them have seen decent play somewhere, with the red one probably being the worst, but even that one seeing play. Of the second run, the red-green one is the best one. Oh, no, sorry. The black-red one's the best one. Colgan's command is the best one. Then the red-green yeah, one. for sure. Green-white was the... Like, very good in standard, but never seen play in modern. Uh, plus one, plus one counter, fight, and something else. Stack an enchantment, prevent all damage. Blue-white was almost there, but just was, like, just over the edge of being good. And I think it was them, like, both of the blue ones were them being afraid of Cryptic Command, which I think they thought was too good. Um, and then the blue-black right. one, I think, is just the worst. Uh, five mana to, like, kill some creatures sometimes and draw a card. I'm a big fan of Ojutai's Command. I've played a lot of that card. I think it's a little underpowered. I've found many times it to be just a little underpowered, but I've always liked it. I've always wanted to make it good. I think what that card needed was to, instead of gain four, it needed to be gain two. It needed to, you needed to reduce the effect and make it cost three, basically. 
is what that card needed to be. Or it should have just been reanimate and cost four. Like, like I think the reanimated ability should have been less limited and cost five. But get caught or just cost the same amount of mana, but like no limitation there. That's fair. Yeah. It's the one that's on the edge, and there's like a bunch of the thing with commands is there's so many knobs that anything could change. I think going down to three makes it too good, but yeah, it's it definitely is the one that had the closest. I think I think the blue black one was just the by far the farthest from being played and never saw yeah. play in any format. Like even the red like the fact that the red one did see play and has some powerful effects. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the black, the blue black one. I think even if you add these, blue black is still I think these are all better than blue, white, and blue black. I don't think any of them are as good as Colligan's Command. Yeah, I mean, Colligan's Command is pretty clearly the best. Well, it's Cryptic Command, Colligan's Command. Um, Probably after that, it's... Austere Command, if you include Commander. Uh, yeah, in okay, that's only, fine. If you include Commander. Yeah, in, in Modern only... It's Red-Green, probably. I think Red-Green's third. It's also funny, too, because... So, the unofficial 11th Command is Collective Brutality. And... <laughs> Well, the, the, it, like, like that, <laughs> that, that mechanic is its own thing, right? The escalate, right? It's just, escalate. There's a bunch of different escalate cards that are good. Yeah, I mean, like, they're all fine, but that card's amazing. And the rest of them are like above average cycle cards from a set. Speaking the, of another good card is, that's good with our preview card, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that card is that card is like well, you can turn to turn four, play that and then cast lingering souls after discarding it with the second effect <laughs> to get two triggers on the Leonin. That's dope. <laughs> if you included collective brutality in the run of the of the 11 10 commands if it was the 11th command where would it fall for you three cryptic colagons collective yeah i think yeah. I, it's I that think good it's, right? i think it's better than red green it's definitely better than the black one it's better than the red one it's better than the green one i think green by the way is in the top five if i were to like round out the top five i think it's the green one or austere command and it's it's format dependent green has seen modern play though very limited yeah. austere command is a tier one or like a a tier it's not an s tier but it's an a tier commander staple i think like austere command has probably seen the fourth most play of any command after cryptic command call against command maybe even the third yeah i think that's like the top end now let's talk about these new ones uh, we're gonna start with your currently cosplaying as uh the silver quill command two white black sorcery choose two target creature gets plus three plus three and gains flying until end of turn Return target creature card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Target player draws a card and loses one life. Target opponent sacrifices a creature. So the first question is just let's just let's get the elephant out of the room here. Sorcery. How does that make you feel? Uh, unhappy about it. I think I think this is on the low end for me of these five. Sadly, it does a lot of cool things I like, and they scale better than some of the bad commands before did. Like, this is a card I would play in Commander, right? Like, it, it, it's just everything is generically good, and you're going to be able to get the value you need out of it, which makes it better than the blue-white one, which, like, I've ended up cutting from things. Because Sorcery is yeah, allowed to do stuff when you need it to, versus, like, I'm going to counter a spell. But all of the other things about it are pretty medium. So, right, if you compare it to blue-white, effectively what you're getting is it has an identical ability in the return target creature card. That's literally an identical, right? It's a one-to-one -one ability on a four-mana <laughs> white command. Draw a card and lose a life is you can point a point of damage at your opponent, I guess, but you're not going to. You're going to draw a card, which means it's another basically identical ability. The one life is kind of negligible, right? Mm -hmm. So two of the abilities are almost exactly the same. Now, you, you can counter that, a creature spell. I will kill a person one day in my life with that one life. <laughs> They'll be, yeah, they'll you be probably, at 19 and I'll murder someone. Target opponent sacrifice a creature is not so different from counter target creature spell, right? It's, it's in fact, creature spell is probably a little better in a lot of ways. I'd say it's significantly worse. Like, especially okay. on turn four, right? Like, 
An edict in modern isn't really playable unless it comes with a value engine like Liliana the Veil or at best at two mana. And even those haven't seen play like Liliana's victory or whatever never saw play. So I'm pretty skeptical on target opponent sacrifices a creature on its own. Yeah. And then jumping a creature. Plus three, plus three. Yeah. Plus three, plus three and flying is interesting. That one, that's a, that's a powerful thing you can do if, if, cause basically the plus three, plus three and flying with the loses one life is essentially a four mana, a four life swing. If that's what you want to use it for, which is the inverse of, again, the blue white one where you gain four life. So it kind of has a lot of the same DNA as the blue white one. It's just a sorcery, which I think makes it a lot worse. <laughs> so, so, and, and my question is, is if that's the, like, I would play Elsbeth Knight Errant over this card 1,000% of the time. Yeah, I would agree. And, and Ben, this is you saying this, knowing that this is a card that lets you cast Mirror Superior. I mean, if you want to <laughs> give me more copies of Mirror Superior, if I can get a functional reprint of that card, then we're in business and I can build all of my decks. But the problem is I still only have four Mirror Superiors and I can't play more of them, but they keep making cards that make Superior sweet. So let's let's talk about Witherbloom Command, which I think is is on the top end. I think this has this is one of the ones I think is on the chance of being the best one. This and uh, the blue red one, at least in modern. Choose two. It's a sorcery. Blue, green, black. Target player mills three cards. Then you return a land card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value two or less. Target creature gets minus three, minus one until end of turn. Target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So this is pretty clearly the best one to me because okay. it costs two. It's kind of not the only one that costs two. Yeah, but like, first of all, mill three, return a land card to graveyard to your hand. I know you read that ability and you're like, oh, like that's like well, your that's like your speed, right? In, in modern, this is a guaranteed draw, draw a land card, right? Because fetch lands exist, you're going to get a land card into your hand. And like, if you can't get the land card into your hand, you'll mill three to get a land card into your hand. Then add all the layers of like, this is good with cycle lands and this is good with ghost quarters and field of ruins and or whatever, especially stuff like raging ravines like this. Getting a raging ravine is really good. So that yes, that on its own is really good. Not to mention when you mill three cards, you make your Tarmogoyce bigger or you mill yourself into value cards you want in your graveyard, like said lingering souls. If you're playing Abzan, yes, I'm all about that ability. <laughs> Do you know where else I think this card is actually going to be good? Surprisingly, I think this card's going to see play in like land driven commander decks. Oh, and yeah, I can tell you sure. exactly why, right? Because I think you're gonna you're gonna obviously draw a land. You want to hit your land drops in commander, but also destroy target non-creature non-land permanent with that's like blow up a soul ring, blow up a mana crypt, blow up a, a yep. rock of any kind. Like I'm snap putting this into my Highlander deck, my graveyard one, because like that deck needs interaction that puts cards into my graveyard. And this is a right. interactive card that puts cards into my graveyard. I think this is a, I think this is a dredge staple, to be honest. Like in modern dredge decks, at least in the sideboard, if not in the main deck, having the ability to always like mill three, make sure I keep hitting my land drops, which that deck always has a problem with because you stop drawing cards eventually because you're dredging. Hopefully get dredgers into my graveyard. And this kills 90% of played graveyard hate in modern. It yeah, kills your grass diggers' cages. Uh... It kills like everything but Scoos, I guess it doesn't kill scavenging <laughs> which dredge doesn't care as much about because it's slower than they are. Yeah, no, I just think I just think this is the best one. I mean, this this card is is like you want to talk about the one I'm the most sad is not an instant. This one being a sorcery is fine because you can also leave men open for other spells. But like, I just wish this was an instant super hard. You know, and it's worst case scenario is mill three of your own cards and target a painter loses. You gain two life and they lose two life, right? Like almost always it'll draw you a card because it'll be in modern, especially it'll almost always draw you a card and drain your opponent. At its worst case scenario. And most of the time it's going to do that and destroy one of their permanents or do that and kill a creature 
like i think this card's great yeah i'm i the more i think about it the more i like it especially it'd be when you start thinking of like decks that want to kill the fact that it's like main deckable sideboard hate against graveyard cards is like really good all right next card and this is this is i think the other possible option for best one i think this is second best prismari command one blue red instant instant yeah uh, yep. it does cost <laughs> three mana prismari command deals two damage to any target that's part of call against okay. command Target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. Oh! That's part of, is it charm? Target player creates a treasure token, making this ostensibly a two-mana card, and then destroy target artifact, the other ability on call against command. So, yes, if you count drawing two cards and discarding two cards as drawing a card, or even returning a card from your graveyard to your hand, this is very similar to call against command, right? It feels call against command to me. What's cool about this card is as if call against command and is it charm had a child, because sometimes it's a two mana, draw two cards and discard two cards. Sometimes it's a two mana, do two damage to any target, which is its worst mode. Sometimes it's destroy target artifact for two mana. But that two mana is kind of a ramp spell. You can on turn three, go to six mana on turn four, right? End of turn, turn three, you go to five mana on turn four. So that that's yeah. like not irrelevant. It does ramp you a little bit or just discount the card itself. Yeah, I mean, again, you want to talk about these cards being designed for more than one format. While I'm looking forward to playing this card in 1v1 formats, I also think this card's good in Commander. Well, that's <laughs> Destroy true. an artifact and ramp. Like, that's Destroy true. an artifact and ramp. Yeah. I, I think charms in general have that, right? Like, charms are a much more Commander-friendly space. We kind of talked about this with Glenn, right? Where the design of best-for-one mechanics... So if you guys didn't... You, I highly recommend... It's one of the best episodes we've done this year. We interviewed design architect for Wizards of the Coast, Glenn Jones, who was originally hosted this podcast for a 300th uh, episode anniversary. And we talked about a lot of how, like, them designing for best-of-one on Arena, which has become one of the most played formats of Magic, has benefited formats like Modern and Commander... Because you have cards like commands that are good in more versatile situations, but have better use fail case scenarios because you have to be able to main deck them. In modern, it's helpful because, as Paul Vito Dama de Rosa would always say, is like, I wish modern had 20 card sideboards. There's too many different ships passing right. in the night that I can't have sideboards for all those problems. The more main deckable cards that have corner case use cases, the better that format becomes for value oriented decks to be good at it. And in commander, you only get one game. And so charms are good for both of those. That's when I think that all of these have some value of consideration. Uh, obviously, the more expensive they are, the worse they are. And Prismari Command has that, like, it, it can two damage to any target, which is really four modes, right? It's burn target opponent, destroy a planeswalker, destroy a creature. Other charm effects have only one of those options available to them. And this has all three in that one, in that one word. Think about for a second that they continue to print shock and it continues to see standard competitive play year after year after yeah. year in formats like standard in formats like historic. I just think it's continued to be good for a very, very long time. Uh, Shock has been a versatile card that is used in many formats. And if you're giving me that, this, I mean, you know, like Fire Ice, that's another card. I guess it's divided, though. So it's a little different. But um, yeah, I think the Shock component of this is, is quite valuable. Yeah. I, I think I think the interesting thing is its similarity, both K Command and, and Is It Charm and the fact that like I there are many times where is it charm if is it charm was do two damage to target creature and draw two cards to discard a card i would have been very very happy and the fact that this gives me that ability is dope all right the next one i think this is maybe what I, my choice for most underrated uh is lore hold command this is three red white so five mana uh instant choose two create a three two red and white spirit creature token creatures you control get plus one plus zero and gain indestructible and haste until end of turn lore hold command deals three damage to any target target player gains three life 
and sacrifice a permanent, then draw two cards. This card is pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's it does a lot of really things. expensive. It's really expensive. Yeah, but it's an instant. And so first of all, sack of permanent draw two cards is a dope ability. Like just like the fact that that exists on this card that you're going to play this is like a catch up card in a scenario. Right. You'll sack a land the turn you cast this to draw two. That on top of that, you can like lightning helix draw two or you can. I don't think the plus one plus so indestructible haste one. Maybe. I mean, maybe sometimes that doesn't uh, feel like where this card's going to do its work. Remember, the most important piece of that is is plus one plus zero is like there are going to be times where that card wins you the game in the pre mentioned red, white, black version of this deck. There's going to be a moment where I have a bunch of lingering souls tokens and young pyromancer tokens. and I'm going to cast this and win the game. More importantly, that counters every board wipe ever printed. So there's elements of a bunch of cards on here, right? You've got lightning helix and the gain the, the three damage gain three indestructible is a boros charm effect. So they kind of fold that into this. Yeah, it has like uh, eight indestructible. <laughs> yeah, plus one, plus zero, oh, and haste. That's not part of a command or a charm that I can necessarily think of. And a three-two red and white spirit creature token. I don't remember being on any uh, charms well, or commands. So, so one of the things either. this one of the things this card does is is for five mana you get a four-three indestructible haste creature token, right? Creature like it is a five mana four-three indestructible True. haste creature that then becomes a three-two on your next turn. It also has the ability for five minute instant speed at the end of your opponent's turn to just draw two cards because you can sacrifice the token. It makes the token first and then you can sacrifice it. It also has the ability to create a flash three two that then does three damage to target creature and you gain three life. Like like all of the if you take all of the different combinations, almost all of them are insane cards. But because it's five mana and because it's a white red card. I think people are a little off of it and it's expensive. It is expensive. Like for modern play, it's going to be weird, but I like, I like can't, I would play all of these cards. I would play a, a three, two that comes into play <laughs> and does three damage and gains me three life. That, like a flame tongue Kavu instant speed flame tongue Kavu for five mana is like a playable card. Yeah. I don't know. A three, two that then I sacrifice a land to draw two cards is like, especially in a red, white, a color combo that doesn't get card draw is also an insane value play. Yeah, I don't know. I like that's yeah. that's why that's why I responded to that first ability that I read so hard, sacrifice a permanent draw too, because that doesn't feel like something red or white really ever gets. Like there are certainly right like red cards where it's it's sacrifice something or discard something to get value, but very rarely. It's mm-hmm. not a common effect. So the idea that you're going to be able to like, yeah, end of turn, let me end of turn, let me put three more power on the table and draw two. If you're playing a deck that has more than one of these in it, you might draw one of these and then like there's a lot of stuff you can do. I, I think this for raw power, this is probably my favorite of the commands. I think it I think it it brings the most stuff to it that I'm the most excited about. I'd be more stoked to cast this card than to cast the green black one, even though the green black one's better. It has more cryptic command vibes than I've gotten from pretty much any command since cryptic command. The fact yes, that it's instant speed. The fact that I can stop your opponent, like can counter your opponent's removal spells, the fact that I can get a creature at the end of, like I can play at the end of their turn to gain an advantage above what they had, the fact that I can remove one of their creatures and block with like one of mine, like there's so many little things that this card does that are so powerful and different that it like, it feels really, really cool in a way that commands don't normally feel right. Like I don't feel... Like, if this is another card that I would love to get, like, the full body. Because for those who don't know, they printed a Cryptic Command that was textless. It was one of the textless promos they did. And it's a joke because Cryptic Command often just reads, uh, do whatever you want. <laughs> like, 
like it's just like a bunch of abilities that basically it's like yes you get to win and like making it textless actually does allow you to kind of say it does whatever i feel like it you have to believe me that i tell you the rules on this card Warhold Command has that vibe to me. It just like does a lot. It has like the fact that its second ability is seven abilities. It's like indestructible yeah. haste and plus one <laughs> plus zero to your whole team um, is a lot. Well, it's also I, I think I think where you the point you make with this that feels the most cryptic commandy. You know how when you're digging in a game and you're like that feeling you get when you draw a cryptic command mm-hmm. um, where you're like, this could turn the game around for me. If I play it right, this might turn the game around for me. That's what this card feels like. Yeah. I can imagine drawing this card and being like, okay, how could I not at least have a shot to get back in this thing if I can do all this stuff? What it That's has, what this card feels. It has the, like, I have my blockers up. They attack into me thinking they have good, good attacks. I cast this, making all my creatures indestructible, other than, and then draw two cards, killing half of their creatures and sacrificing a land. Of those two cards I drew, I probably drew a land, and then maybe I drew another one of these cards. <laughs> like, yeah, Cryptic Command always sure. had the, like, counter draw option and this has that it's just it's counter spell feature is weirder it's not a counter spell but indestructible to all of your creatures and lightning helix and or a three two blocker all kind of can be counter spell but then this is a win condition what cryptic command could never do is draw it and win you the game this can literally swing in for four and it's to it's three damage to any target as well so so you can also play the 3-2 at the end of their turn where they have no blockers and three them and then swing on your turn for another three. So like maxing out at six damage, like there's a lot of versatile play on this card. I really like it. It sucks that it's five mana, but like I think in standard staple, I think in historic playable, I think in modern spicy splash and Jeskai lists. And I think in commander staple. I mean, getting like Jeskai control, snapping this. <laughs> like end of turn and end of turn let me snap this i'll put two power off my snap three power off of my three two and i will draw two cards off of sacking this land that i have on the battlefield which is going to draw me another snapcaster or a lightning bolt or something else and i'm going to just win the game even going back to this deck this mardu deck that it sounds this deck would also be sweet in the fact that you cast this and like it triggers the young pyromancers to put pl- the make a plus one plus one counter and then this gives it plus one plus zero in haste right so it like layers yeah. into itself to be profitable quadrix command one blue green instant choose to return target creature planeswalker to its owner's hand counter target artifact or enchantment spell put two plus one plus one counters on target creature or target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library so I really like that both of the blue, both of the blue three drops are instants. That makes me really happy because even even cards that are underpowered that are modal, I like if they're instants and they're cheap, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I, it it bothers me a lot less when a card is pushed just less than it should be if it costs three versus if it costs four, mm-hmm. right? And I'm even more about it if it costs two or one. But like three drop instant is a good. That's a good solid place to be for a card in blue that I want to have multiple effects on. So I think. Creature or Planeswalker is one part of this that I think is is very cool. It could be non-creature permanent, but it's not, right? That that's what they're that's what they're hedging on this because it's not disperse or whatever. That what, well, there's one of those in every set, right? It can bounce a Planeswalker or a creature or counter an enchantment or artifact. So it hits the four main yes. permanent types one way or the other. Counter target artifact or enchantment spell makes sense. That's the that's the green component of it. What's the, um, that's like a, also that's blue a green. cool blue green effect, right? Like it's a counter spell. But it only kills artifacts and enchantments. That's that's pretty blue green to me. Agreed. 
two plus one plus one counters on target creature. Uh, that's a very that's a classic green command. Mm-hmm. It costs one less. It would only do one counter. But that's you know we've seen that from before. And Simic's, from Simic's target player always been into that kind of combo. Yeah, counters. Yeah, yeah. And then target player shuffles up to three target cards in their graveyard into their library. Um, that this one is weirder to me. It's one of the more corner case ones, which I think is probably cool to have. It's just an interesting card that this might be relevant in some metagame at some point. And so getting rid of like a flashback spell from your opponent's graveyard is probably going to be like mostly where this is or like in, in response to like a reanimation type of thing. Yeah, I think I think that like a decent card that has great sideboard potential with artifact enchantment counterspell and graveyard hate like this is another wear tear option, right? Where it just like it's not the best against all of these things, but it's fine against them. I don't think they're good enough for modern necessarily because like a three mana graveyard hate spell that only hit three creatures probably isn't good enough. And a three mana counter target artifact enchantment by turn three is probably not good enough. What I think is interesting, though, is in like a little bit earlier formats or fresher formats, the Pioneers Historic Standards of the World, being able to use this to shuffle your own time walk effects that don't exile themselves back into your graveyard or like other cards into your graveyard in your like long term graveyard shenanigan deck or the fact that two of these is a win condition in the same way that old Teferi decks used to be a win condition or the, the extra turn card used to be a win condition, right? Or uh, uh, what's the, what's the um, one mana gain for life, shuffle your graveyard back into your library. Elixir of immortality. Elixir of immortality. Like that's a win condition, right? That, that is a classic card control win condition where I just am all answers. And my eventual win condition is to mill you out of the game. Cause I can never will mill myself out playing four of these or two of these in your deck is that win condition. Cause you can, like it has that Teferi mode where you just bounce their thing, you shuffle your three best cards, including one of these, into your deck. That guarantees that you'll never mill out, right? I think that's the use case on this card. Is it's a win condition for I never hard control that. decks. Once in a while, you're going to eat their graveyard cards that are problematic with it. You're going to bounce cards that they have, but ninety percent of the time, the point of this card is to shuffle the second copy back into your deck, plus your two best cards, and you're just trying to cycle through your deck so you have just the best cards you want in your deck at all times and counter and bounce and remove all the spells your opponents have, eventually milling them out from them being unable to do anything or putting the one Thassa's Oracle back in play. I think it's possible. It's of of the five. It's my favorite art. It's probably that or lore hold or the two that I like the most. You don't Um, like, you don't like the elephant mage with giant, scroll laser blasters. (laughs) No, no. As I said, it's it's that or lore hold. Those are, those are my two. Those are the two. Yeah. Actually, those, those are like the two best. I think it was like a great first reveal because I love the art on all of these. I think these all look really good. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a cool I think it's a really cool direction for sure. Actually, me me explaining that mil- like reshuffling the Quandrix command back into your deck idea is maybe like has has warmed me up to it to it being really good. I think the only bad one is the black white one now officially. Yeah, the fact that like I agree. Elixir of Mortality, this is a miserable deck, right? I don't know if it's a good thing this exists, but Elixir of Mortality decks were a real thing. Uh, Teferi decks where you would just put him back in your deck so you could never lose the game, and that was your win condition, was a real deck. That's a real standard control deck strategy. This does that. This allows you to play that game where I just will never run out of cards because I have two of these in my deck, and eventually I mill myself out to the point where I'm always going to have the best cards in my deck, one of them being this card. And the fact that the other option is a bounce spell is like has the Jace the Mind Sculptor effect, right? I'm always going to be able to remove your threat from being a threat to me while in my end game state and just always going to have valuable cards. Yeah, I'm in. I'm on board. (laughs) 
I think all five are pretty sweet. I think Silver Quill is the only weak one, as you said, but I'm just excited to have more commands. So that means that we've now, with these ones, we'll now have the whole cycle of, of monocolored, the whole cycle of enemy, and the whole cycle of allied. So the only way they would make commands more of a thing would be three color commands, right? Yeah, they could do three color. They could do another cycle of one color would be the two options. Yeah, I mean, these are sweet. These are This is a good addition. So there's only two other cards that have been previewed that we want to touch on really quickly before we get out of here. And it's that we have two Planeswalkers. Yes. Two of which. Uh, two. They're both really sweet. Um, I think we can start with Kazmina, which is the blue-green one. It is uh, blue-green one, two loyalty Planeswalker Kazmina. Each other Planeswalker you control has the loyalty abilities of Kazmina Enigma Mage. So it's got the copy thing, kind of like the Nickel Bullets. I think that's the most relevant ability on this Planeswalker, but continue reading the other abilities. Plus two, scry one, minus X, create a zero, zero, green and blue fractal creature token, put X plus one plus one counters on it. So comes down with two loyalty, you can minus the, the X to make it two, two, essentially, if you want to just, if you need a two, two for three. Um, and then the ultimate is minus eight, search your library for an instant or sorcery card that shares a color, this Planeswalker, exile that card, then shuffle. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. So I think the idea, right, is that because each other Planeswalker you control has the loyalty ability of this. Yeah, if yeah. you have a big Planes, right, that whole idea. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this gives the ability to Planeswalkers like Narset to plus two with the scry and then minus two. Like all of the war Planeswalkers that didn't have a plus now have a plus. Base level. Next level, all of the Planeswalkers that were balanced with only having a plus one now can plus two. So you can like play her into any of those walkers that like take three turns to ultimate or two turns to ultimate and then they ultimate in one turn right they like come in they plus two scry and then on the next turn they ultimate or you can play a karn and you can minus seven the turn he comes into play and have a seven seven if you don't want to have a karn around or minus six and have a six six and a karn in play or you can get any of the planeswalkers that can get to eight loyalty quickly for whatever reason and then minus eight to get any spell you want. Uh, the coolest one is this in Teferi, the M21 Teferi, who can get to eight loyalty very quickly because he can activate all of these abilities on your turn as well, right? Because he can activate any of these abilities on at each opponent's turn. So he can... Oh, that's super dope. So he can then, on top of that, minus eight at instant speed. So he can do her ultimate at an instant speed. And that's a standard thing for at least three months. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bonkers. That, that's really, really good. I like this card. I think this card feels in in spirit like a lot to do with Nissa Steward of the Elements, the blue-green Nissa, in terms of cost. It's another three-mana Simic Planeswalker where the pluses, I think they, I think both of their pluses are Scry, right? They have the same plus. The minus are both make creatures, I think. Or no, no, no. The minus on that one is you put a creature into play from the top of your library, I think. So this one makes creature... That one uh, gets a creature into play. And then both of the ultimates are something that's like pretty powerful. The The difference is on Kasmina has this each other Planeswalker thing, which is, I think, pushes it and makes it like a lot more interesting of a card. But I always found that in the color combination at the mana cost with the scry being the only plus, it was a little awkward for similar reasons that uh, playing Sahili in any deck that's not a combo deck is always kind of weird. The two difference is the top end, right? Like worst case scenario, you scry, it goes up really quickly, right? A plus two is different than a plus one. So so it going up to four and you get the scry or you can minus one to create a blocker, right? Like Sahili doesn't block for herself. This can block at three mana is decent. But in a in a Planeswalker deck, this starts allowing you to do some bonker things, right? Like you can bring in 
five mana Gideon. You can do Bant and like have five mana Gideon come in like plus two. He goes up to like seven loyalty, right? Like he plus twos really, really fast for his his like fog ability. Then they can't attack her. And then he'll minus on his next turn to make like a big token. Like there's like just cool. It's such a cool static ability that lets you do broken things. And obviously the Teferi one's the coolest thing I could think of by like a wide margin. I mean, that's really cool. There's, I think there's cool stuff. This card, like this card has a very, very, very open-ended idea in my mind of where it's going to end up. I think there's really cool stuff. People are going to realize over time. And this is one of those ones that every time they print the new planeswalker, this card's going to get referenced. It's got a really unique set of statistics on it, but I think it being cheap and in blue means that if there is some new planeswalker printed at some point that just comes down for cheap, like I was trying to think what the, what the highest loyalty War of the Spark, uncommon. Did like Kiora? Is that like Kiora have like a three mana seven or six or something? Oh yeah, she comes down three mana for like seven or eight. You're right, and then she doesn't have. That's right? nuts. That's really cool, and she's blue green as well. It's that's like she comes thinking, down on right? seven and then minus ones to untap a permanent, so you can like yeah play her, then on your next turn play Kesmina, then have removal spells, and then plus plus the other one. Yeah, that's really dope, actually. That's another good one. And obviously, like the like Narset's of the world where like Narset, you'd like do the the impulse thing twice and then it would just sit there and not do anything. This allows you to now plus her scry and then on your next turn, minus her again, plus her, minus her, plus her, minus her. Go back and forth. Sark on the Mad was another one that someone pointed out that like oh, has yeah. no, one. no minus ability. People were joking about original Tybalt. You now don't have to use his like his like loot random loot effect. You can just like ramp into his threaten effect in the, the other ability that he has. So like, yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's pretty interesting. I think she like works with planeswalkers in a really interesting way, and it's pretty dope. I'm I'm pretty hyped. The other card that was printed was Professor Onyx. Definitely not Liliana. <laughs> Four black yeah, right? black legendary planeswalker Liliana Magecraft, like our preview card. Whenever you cast a or copy an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. Plus one is you lose one life. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand, and the rest in your graveyard. Minus three, each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures you, that player controls. Minus eight, each opponent may discard a card. If they don't, they lose three life. Repeat this process six more times. Comes in with five loyalty. I will say, I wish that the black-white command had this version of a sacrifice ability. Right? The, the yes, the greatest, the greatest power ability. Agreed. This card, when I read it, feels... It's a different card, but it feels like the way that I feel when somebody plays that that six mana mythic Liliana from recently that if that feels like it, like when I, when people have played that card against me before, it's always like, Oh no, like this is, if I don't figure something out fast, this is really bad news. Like this is going to get bad fast. That's what this card feels like to me. It's the, just, just the, just this card selection alone. You play this card and if you can't deal with it right away, you're going to lose a life to draw the best of your top three cards every turn. Like I win. Well, and, and you drain them, right? You lose a life, draw the best one of your three cards, and then if that, as long as that's not a creature spell, you're going to drain them for two and gain two life. So it's like, I think actually the Magecraft, and there's a card that I'm waiting for the internet, uh, and maybe Marshall will put it up. I, I asked Twitter because I forgot. I think it's Chain of Smog is the card uh, that goes infinite okay. with Liliana. Now, this is more of a command. It's a reserveless um... card, so it's immediately spiked up to like $20 overnight. But it's one in a black sorcery. Target player discards two cards from his or her hand. That player may copy this spell and may choose a new target for that copy. With Liliana in play, you can target yourself and copy it infinite amount of times. So you can copy this card as many times as you want without dying. Liliana then will kill your opponents. 
and or opponent. Genus mob can't be that. There's no way that's a reserve list. Maybe, card. maybe it's not reserve list. It is. It did shoot up to 20 bucks. I guess people were complaining about it being just not printed in a long time and the spike that happened. That is true of all Magecraft spells. So our preview card, Leonin Light Scribe. Uh, I have to keep looking into my scrolls to remember. Um, also, we'll give infinite plus one plus one bonuses to all your creatures until end of turn with Chain of Smog on the stack, right? Like you can target yourself and go infinite with it. So Liliana just kills people. And that's like a thing you can do in Commander. I think that's a that's a cool Magecraft thing in general, right? Like there's going to be other cards that are printed that do well with Chain of Smog. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think that's that's one of the weird things of like an antiquated ability that they haven't printed in a very, very long time. That Chain of Smog is part of a cycle. Chain of Vapor, Chain of Smog, Chain of Plasma, I think. Yeah, I can't remember what the five of them are. I think they're all from Onslaught, but that's obviously from a long time ago. I mean, Onslaught's from like 2001 or something. So now, 20 years later, we're getting something that is a little bit busted with something from 20 years ago. Unsurprising, unsurprising. I can't like fault them really for that. Yeah, and and no, 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 I don't fault them at all. I think it's like cool, right? Like the, especially with Professor Onyx, it's a six mana card that kills everyone at the table. That's like fine. That's ten mana. You win. There are much stronger ways of accomplishing that. What's cool about it, though, is if we see it with other cards. If there are other win conditions that are printed with it, it becomes a little bit more legacy. Like if they print a Hedge and Crab, that has Magecraft basically, right? That's a legacy playable combo. Yeah, if you I have agree. like if you have like one blue chain of smog i win even right. if it's two mana right like anything that will be able to kill your opponent that quickly is like legacy vintage commander cdh playable um so that'll be as long as they cost one as long as they cost one or two right <laughs> or they're blue and cost <laughs> three yeah, yeah i mean yeah, if they're blue that's the difference because you can pitch i can't imagine there's not like a two mana magecraft do a thing that kills your opponent right like it's like magecraft one damage kind of a deal yeah or like magecraft one damage or magecraft I think I think that'll be a three drop. I think we'll see a Magecraft like do one damage to each opponent or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting. And then the minus eight is each opponent may discard a card. If they don't, they lose three life. Repeat this process six or more times, which is like you choose. Torment of Hellfire. Just, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Right. It's for that for six. So that's cool. Yeah. I also I'm hyped that Liliana just was like retiring from more of the spark and has become a professor. As long you know, when you, if you can't do teach. <laughs> uh, and if you can't teach, teach PE, which is where I'm hoping Garrick is in this set. So that's the other thing we know, and we don't know yet where they show up, but we know that the twins, uh, uh, Will and Rowan, are in this set. They're like the face of the set. My guess is that they'll be a modal dual face card. One will be mm, Will, and the other side will sense. be Kenrith. We do know that Morrow said that one of the double face cards is going to be a permanent combination we haven't gotten, which means it can't be a creature on one half, and it can't be a land on one half, because we've gotten all the different land and something we've gotten. And we've gotten all of creature and something. So it's going to be artifact, okay. artifact, or so artifact enchantment, or planeswalker, planeswalker, right. or whatever. And it feels like Will and Rowan are like the perfect card for that. Will and Rowan are the Royal Scions. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They were like the, in Battle Bond. They first showed up in Battle Bond and they had partner yeah, with, with I, each I remember, other. I remember, the, I remember the Battle Bond cards and then I, I figured they were the Royal Scions. They, I just wanted to make sense. Plot wise, they share a spark. So they've always shown up together. But every single time it's gone differently. Like the first time it was they were partnered with. The second time it was uh, they're just two characters on a card, which was I think the first time we've ever gotten that. And then this, uh, I'm guessing that they're a, they're a modal dual face card in this one. Uh, so you get to choose which one you play. And then the other cool thing about this is Garrick. We don't know if Garrick is showing up, but Garrick has been teaching Will and Rowan. Like he's been looking at like the end of the story for. And this is why story is important, Ben, because you can predict the future. <laughs> <laughs> the end of Eldraine was that Garrick 
kind of left with Will and Rowan to teach them and to watch over them as they like traverse the universe. It's kind of like the Chewbacca to Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker-esque adventures. Garrick hates Liliana because right. she turned him evil for an extended period of time where he murdered a bunch of people and in general, they don't get along. Liliana is now also teaching Will and Rowan something. Does Garrick show up? Does he not show up? We're going to find out, but that'll be, that's the other piece of kind of like interesting continuation of story of the world is that this could be like a Liliana versus Garrick set which we've haven't gone since Innistrad so that's dope I'm into that as well wasn't that one questionable piece of art on a card Triumph of Ferocity that was them right that was yeah, Garrick yeah. against Liliana correct yeah yeah, yeah. that was, that, I mean, that was just that was like more like Garrick was being violent towards Liliana in a way that was maybe a little too but yeah so those are all the cards we've gone today obviously we're now seeing previews as we speak we'll see what that looks like make sure to like and subscribe everyone uh, and check out all of the content that we release we're really hyped thank you again Wizards for the preview card that was really 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 cool uh, I hope that me putting into a scroll form and shooting with my elephant buddies, people with it was, was fun for everyone. And uh, I'm really happy to say what, well, yeah, I guess so far with what you've seen, where are you at on hype for Strixhaven? Pretty hype. I think it seems really fun. I like the design a lot. I think it's, uh, I prefer the idea that you have like a school of mages, Harry Potter type of thing without it just being the Harry Potter license. Uh, I think it's cooler and it makes me happier to see them creating their own IP. So it it's cool. I mean, there are a lot of the I watched all those Harry Potter movies a couple times now, and there's a lot of stuff in those movies that's that's great. There's some stuff I don't like as much, but there's a lot of stuff I really do like. Right. And I think a lot of the stuff that I do like is stuff that I can see is going to be incorporated in, into the design. I like those commands are great. There's a reason they released those first. You can sort of tell what's going on. I think that's really badass. Um, I, yeah, I think that like a couple things. I think a as a person who is a big big Harry Potter fan, who over the last couple of years has learned that the person behind it has things that I don't love as far as belief systems that I don't want to pretty much support, which makes Harry Potter kind of not a thing I like enjoying it as much anymore. This gives me an outlet, which is great because I love a lot of the concepts of that, right? I like magic school. I like tribalism that doesn't matter. And like, I, I'm really, really hyped that one of my favorite things in the world, magic is getting its own version of that, that I can kind of latch onto and, and jump fully into. I also like seeing color combo groups or tribes or whatever factions that aren't just Ravnica. Yeah. If you're, if you don't vibe with Bor like Boros is a great example, right? Like Boros, if you're not into the military or the cops, Boros doesn't have a lot to offer you. But like, if you're right. a red white player, you might like things about that color combo that just Boros doesn't speak to. Lorehold is a totally, this is Indiana Jones adventures. I did a whole Twitter thread on like the best Lorehold characters in social media. Right. And that was like a really fun, like, this is a totally different vibe from that. Same as, like, Prismari, right? If you're not a big scientist, but you're more of an artist, blue-red still falls within that framework. If you're not into biology or weird mad scientist stuff, but you like math, Quantrix is another option. Witherbloom and Golgari are basically the same thing. <laughs> um, if you're green-black, you like graveyards. And then Silver Quill just has, like, less of the bad vibes, I guess. But, like, you know, writing versus wealth, like, there, there is definitely a different vibe there. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I appreciate... I, I've like really liked what we're getting. Modal dual face cards are also just like one of the coolest things Wizards has done in a long time. I've liked how pretty much yeah. they've come out. So yeah, I'm pretty hyped. Agreed. I'm excited to see Agreed. more cards and uh, I'm excited to see what you guys think. Let us know what you think below. Uh, please uh, like and subscribe. Make sure to check out our uh, Monday night commander stream. We do a bunch of commander content probably not next week, but in a couple of weeks we'll be doing like Strixhaven based commander games uh, where each of us will take on a Strixhaven commander but uh, that'll be in a few weeks in the meantime we'll just have our normal commander stuff and uh, thanks again to Wizards for the uh, awesome preview card thanks guys we very much appreciate it appreciate you guys watching as well
This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.